Good afternoon. What is up, everybody? Welcome to Benzinga's Cannabis Insider. We have the international man of mystery, the curly-headed Adonis, the man himself, Javier Haas, the man who started it all here at Benzinga Cannabis. What up, brother? Doing great, doing great. What about you, Mr. Elliot Lynn, host, host of Benzinga Cannabis Daily? You know, yeah. I'm feeling good. Oh, you're giving me a real intro. Oh, thank I don't you. know. Just Appreciate that. you. Got yeah. You know, I got to admit, I haven't done Cannabis Daily in a hot segundo. I think I might start it again early next year, right? Well, we'll get through the end of the year. I missed all the September news. Whatever. It is what it is. But we were busy putting on an event. We have two more events coming up in fintech and crypto that we're working on right now in New York City in mid-November. If you're in the city and you're interested in Web3, you're interested in blockchain, you're interested in capital markets at all, Got to be there. Convene. Just head, out, head to BZ Awards or BZ-Crypto.com, uh, each of them, uh, to grab a ticket. Join us. It's pretty cheap to meet BlackRock, State Street, all these wonderful, cool people that yeah. we work with here at Benzinga. It's going to be a fun time. But that said, Javier Haas, let's get going. Malia Hang, get us started. What up, what up again? All right, all right, Javier. So I'm looking at the news, man. It really feels like the big news right now is Germany. Yes, um, you know, looking at the stocks that are moving on our website, I see Flora Growth is up with, you know, they, they had that acquisition of Franchise Global that put them in just a massive amount of German footprints there. I see Village Farms is up. I see Intercure is up. But, you know, I, you know, I think Germany news is really moving some stocks right now. Indeed. I mean, here's what's going on, right? So uh, as many of, of our viewers and listeners know, uh, Germany has been discussing adult use cannabis legalization for a while. Um, but um, I don't know if that is the right headline. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, they, no, they were going to deliberate on Wednesday, right? Yeah. They did deliberate already, right? So now... Then we've heard pros debates, we've heard con debates, exactly. right? Uh, right. So that's where we are now. So they debated this yesterday, right? There, there's a, a, a few people on board with the current proposal, which, uh, as a reminder, is a scaled back version of what they wanted to do originally, you know, uh, for adult use. After Germany met with the EU, they decided to scale back a little bit on their adult use legalization plan. And now they're debating it, right? On the one hand, you have the Social Democratic Party um, that is very much in favor. But then you have, you know, um, certain certain like uh, conservative groups that are opposing this, calling uh, the move, you know, a, a move in the wrong direction. They think it will incentivize marijuana use. Right. So mm -hmm. Which, it's yes, it's, it it's pretty interesting. <laughs> the the right wing populist party um, is actually submitted a proposal, uh, you know, titled something like abandon the legalization of cannabis and institute a scientific uh, benefit assessment of medical cannabis analogous to a pharmaceutical law. Um, Germans are very wordy. 
Mm. <laughs> Even their laws are like this long in terms of titles. <laughs> well, it's not like our, our laws are short. <laughs> but I will say like, oh, this, I mean, it's exciting, right? We saw Bloomwell Group. They're, they're releasing some positive sentiment about this. And, and it looks like the markets are reacting positively too. So keep an eye on it. Obviously, the major stocks to watch, I think Purely, Tilray, Floor Growth Corp are probably all going to be pretty significant winners. Mm -hmm. But there are some major companies over there that, you know, I think are going to be the true winners of the market. Thinking yeah. Dimicans, thinking the Sanity Sand Groups, Bloomwell. Uh, these companies are, are going to be massive global players the moment, not the moment, but, you know, starting with Germany. Um, Sanity Group, run by Christian um, from, uh, a tie, life sciences, billionaire, Angelmeyer. just amazing entrepreneur. Angelmeyer, thank you. Uh, I must have Christian Baumgartner. He used to work for us. Um, but it's exciting. What's happening in Germany? Hopefully that opens up some uh, some European love for the plan. Javier, what else is on your mind, man? We have a couple a couple of interviews today. So not going to be too long on news. We're going to talk to uh, a major real estate investment trust, uh, a couple of gents sure. who are just doing it right over there. Uh, we're going to talk to an up-and-coming player in the Northeast, Union Chill. Incredibly excited about both of these interviews. But before we get to it, uh, what's on your mind today, brother? We can do quick headlines. Uh, first off, Cresco Labs, CRLBF on the OTCQX. They unlocked $32 million in non-dilutive capital uh, through uh, license, uh, like a, a license store sale uh, in Arizona for $6.5 million a mortgage on a New York property for $25 million at an interest rate of 8.4%. Uh, pretty interesting stuff. Uh, also, Harvard University is creating a study of psychedelics in society and culture department, and it was backed by a $16 million gift from former Tesla employee, uh, Antonio Gracias. Um, uh, very interesting stuff as well. You know, Harvard has been instrumental to studying cannabis uh, throughout the years. And, and I'm very excited personally to see them getting to psychedelics. And our good friends at Verano Holdings, B-R-N-O-F on the OTCQX, started trading on the NEO exchange as well up in Canada. CBO Canada. Yeah, I think it, yeah. is it still NEO? Like I, I thought it's CBO Canada. I call it NEO. I call it NEO. I know it's NEO for ease of for us. Like, yeah, futures. Uh, I don't want to mess with that just in case. Compliance wise, <laughs> fair, uh, fair. I say NEO because CBOE is a futures exchange, as far as I know. We visited the, the, the exchange in a few locations in, uh, in Chicago. We even got to ring the bell. Were you there that day? Well, I, I wasn't. I had a baby five days before that. Oh, remember? Right. Yeah, I, had a, a I have a one year old. I have a one year old. She she keeps me straight. She's amazing. Uh, but I will say this, y'all. Sibo did wonders for Columbia Care. Now the cannabis company, um, they they really I think did well internationally, opening up um, you know institutional capital to them. You know, obviously okay. they're still they still have a lot of restrictions uh, on what they can do. But you know, I I think it's a great move from Verano, and I think honestly it. It, it will make people truly deliberate the best move. You know, thinking of Curaleaf, looking at the TSX, and thinking of these other companies who, you know, not, since Terrasen did it, like, oh, we all got to do it. But Verano took a different step. Uh, and yeah, I think that that is better for the space. Then you uh, have been listing a, a decent number of cannabis mm -hmm. uh, companies over the years, right? As have all the well Canadian exchanges, uh, you know, the CSE. 
the C exactly the CSC has been super friendly to cannabis. CSC is it, probably the most friendly exchange period. Yeah. And yeah, for see. sure. But CSC, for I feel like works for their companies. Um, keep going. There, there was a time when 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 the CSC was, you know, basically driving all of its growth and most most of its growth from cannabis listings. I remember a few years ago. Uh, chatting with Barrington Miller, for instance, and and him saying, you know, the biggest number of uh, IPOs this year uh, were cannabis related. Uh, of course, that has decelerated since. Um, but at the same time, it, it's still a very viable option, especially because it's, these are um, exchanges that are available through most mainstream or a bunch of, of mainstream brokerages, whereas OTC, you know, over the counter, um stocks on the otc markets are not always readily available or easy to buy and sell right mm -hmm. yeah uh, you know not to shift subjects too quickly but i'll make sure I, I get to it i'm really excited about ohio uh I, I think the potential there for another phenomenal market you know in the eastern part of the u.s is incredibly exciting uh and i'm excited for body and mind i'm excited for the companies there for standard wellness um, you know, there's some legitimate companies in that state who are going to immediately benefit. But what what do you think is going to happen right now? It's looking positive, Javi. It, it's looking positive. But we saw the GOP come in and just friggin' stomp on Arkansas right right at the end there. So hoping that doesn't happen. To know. Our you know our cannabis editor Maureen Meehan uh, is from Ohio, lives in Ohio, and has been following every development very closely. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, you know, she seems pretty optimistic about the potential result here. Uh, early voting is already open and we've seen pretty encouraging numbers so far. So great. We'll see. Wonderful. One month All away. Javi, right. let's start yes. talking about some debt. You want to talk about some debt? I want to talk about some debt. As long as, <laughs> as I'm not the one in debt. Hey. Hey, only a 15% anim. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but that being said, y'all, please welcome Chris Reese and Kyle Schinfeld from MJ Reed and Rainbow Realty Group. Y'all, you ready yes. to talk about some debt? There they are. Yeah. Hey, what up? Chris and Kyle, how's it going, friends? You guys Fantastic. having a good, good weekend? I have to mention, I didn't... I didn't I didn't do the lead in for this, but y'all just recently won an award, right, Chris? Hey, there it is. I was going to give some props. Yeah, best uh, uh, read of 23. Always love that. Yeah. I, I went to their website. It's it's on their homepage. You go to the to the MJ Reed website, and the first thing that pops up is that Benzingo award. It's yeah. like, I love that. That award was up. That award was up about six hours after we received it. <laughs> I love that, man. Okay, next award is for best Benzinga supporter. Next yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so, Chris and Kyle, you know, I guess a question to both of you. You know, what's what is the relationship between MJ Reit and Rainbow Realty Group, right? Because these are two separate firms in the eyes of of people who are looking at websites. But talk to us a little bit about how you all work in tandem. Yeah, absolutely. And so, MJ Reit is the structure of the fund itself. Um, we, you know, when we, when I started MJ REIT, um, I didn't have the experience or diligence or contacts in the, in the marketplace. And I, I looked at a number of different managers and by far the best manager in the marketplace for, you know, allocation of capital and underwriting deals with a conservative uh, multi-decade approach, uh, hands down was uh, with a crew over at Rainbow. 
So Rainbow officially serves as the sub-manager on MJ REIT. So they are responsible and have discretion over allocating capital to individual uh, companies. Phenomenal. And Kyle, did you just say decades? That's right, right? But not decades in the cannabis space. Give us a little history of your all's experience. For, for my family, it's been about a decade. It's been a decade now. We, we were one of the original investors in New Jersey when it was not for profit. Um, but, but Chris laid it out pretty well, right? Like Rainbow has been, I mean, my, we've been a real estate company for about 65 years. And we've been a, specifically focused on the real estate industry, Rainbow, um, financing real estate therein for the last six years. Um, and as everybody knows who's listening to this podcast, ca capital in this industry is the hardest thing to come by. That's why Rainbow has a business in the first place. We sort of serve as a bank. Um, but that's why we partnered with MJ Reed. Chris's, Chris and his team at MJ Reed, you know, they, they built the form of our vehicle itself, which is a non-traded REIT. It's different than the way Rainbow is structured. Um, and Chris is really our, our fundraising partner in, difference, in, in addition to structuring. So as you said, Chris helps us raise the capital and put the, put the, you know, put the entity itself together. And Chris runs the day-to-day -day of MJ Reed. And we, we do the investing itself. We invest you know, with MJ REIT and Rainbow Realty Funds directly in the exact same deals. Um, and we, we do two things. We, we mortgage real estate you know, just for the cannabis industry. And we buy real estate and lease it back just for the cannabis industry in the U.S. We've been doing it for six years in Rainbow. We've been doing it with Chris at MJ REIT for over a year. Yeah, at the end of this month too, it's it's exciting. So we'll uh, we'll have 14 months of track record. So every month that goes by is just another month of providing some uh, some solid performance for our investors. I'm very curious, Chris. Right, like uh, since Kyle just mentioned, right, this is a domestic focused REIT, but but a lot of your internet uh, of your experience is international, right? From from your time at Vanguard and uh, uh, you know, are, are you? Look, looking to raise capital abroad, right? Do you have uh, an important number? <laughs> Just moving all around. Do we have an do you have an important number of in international investors interested in U.S. Um, capital markets and U.S. real estate markets for cannabis? Yeah. So the structure allows for uh, foreign investors. So we certainly can can accept that capital, and they can become a um, an investor in the fund overall. From a, a deal allocation standpoint, there, there's so much to do here in the States. You know, we're not looking necessarily outside of the country, at least at this stage. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe that's a secondary product that we think about as we as uh, Europe continues to expand. You just mentioned Germany a little while ago. I mean, there's some opportunity as we get uh, into the market further down. But you know, right now we're focused on deploying capital in the U.S., but certainly if you're an outside investor, uh, a foreign investor, this is a, a, a potential investment for your portfolio. And, and, so, and just to add to it, like, like Chris said, right? Like we're, I think we could, we, we welcome investors from anywhere in the world, basically. Um, but look, what we're, we're doing the same thing that we've been doing really for a long time. We're just investing in real estate. Right now it happens to be in the cannabis industry because we think it's an interesting opportunity, but you know, our underwriting committee, we're not, we're not familiar with international foreclosure law. And so it's, as Chris said, there's so much of a need, you know, here domestically that, that that's keeping us quite busy. And it's, it's frankly, it's not our expertise. So. Yeah. And, you know, you mentioned the, the cannabis um, industry being an interesting opportunity for investors. From what I understand, MJ Reed is, is limited to only accredited or institutional investors at the time. And the minimum ticket is twenty five thousand dollars, which is not huge, but is not 
a a a number you know to scoff at right what yeah. would you tell like what why do you think it's an interesting opportunity and also what is the safety profile of this right because uh real estate has a, a backing in hard assets it's, it's not the same as investing in volatile cannabis stocks but like what, yeah. what is the value prop for yeah. a regular investor yeah good question javier our, our biggest value prop is is and how we t generally fit into an investor's portfolios we're a fixed income alternative because think about your own uh, personal investments and and focus on the the debt side of the ledger you know you earned essentially zero for the last decade and then you saw a big spike in in rates which if you did have any capital appreciation that was wiped out because the uh, because of the duration aspect. So the investors haven't had a suitable alternative in the fixed income space for a long, long time. And so our value prop is to go out and provide a stable asset that generates an attractive total return derived mostly through monthly income. And if we can get you a 10 plus percent all in return net of the fees and expenses, and we can do that consistently over time, that's going to be a, a very attractive uh, component of one's portfolio. But the, the cool aspect is that we appeal not just to people within the cannabis space, but really any investor uh, in the United States that is accredited that maybe doesn't even have exposure to cannabis. And quite frankly, you know, we look at it as a, as a real estate play first that is investing within this little area of the overall real estate space, which is in cannabis. So we take and raise capital and provide a good return for investors. And then on the flip side, we'll deploy that capital within the cannabis space further enabling the the industry to grow now uh on that last very last point there um good segue here and you know looking at this from an operator perspective right and looking at how it's been to operate the cannabis space for the past uh we'll say two years but you know really the whole time right with with uh, the battle against liquidity uh, battle for liquidity however you want to put it um the, the, the rates in this space is not not centric to any specific debt provider, but obviously they're pretty magnanimous compared to other industries. What, why, right? Like just to break it down in an elementary way, uh, you know, why? And then when do we see that change uh, to be a little bit more normalized? Do you want to take that, Kyle? Sure. Um, I mean, I, I think sort of on a micro level, you know, as I was talking about with you know, before, the reason we have this partnership really in the first place, um, it's hard to find capital for this industry. The fact, the fact that rates are where they are doesn't make it easier, right? You know, it used to be the case that, you know, you could generate a 9% return in, rain, in, in rainbow and people thought, oh, that's, you know, that's higher than the three or 4% I can get somewhere else with, with a safe bond. So that's a six, you know, 600 basis point spread, right? Nowadays, you know, if you can go make six-ish percent easily, investors want to make, you know, that much, they want to make that much more on an investment like ours. Point just being, if, if we can only raise capital that costs us 11, 12%, right? Then we sort of have to deploy that capital at a mid-teen rate in order to cover salaries and stuff for a business like us. Otherwise, otherwise you know, the business is not profitable. Um, so it's the cost of capital flows up, you know, flows through the stack all the way, unfortunately, to the operator. And our portfolio is is pretty much 100 percent unlevered. We have about seven percent leverage on 150 million dollar portfolio of Rainbow. Wow. Um, on the one hand, it, it, it's nice because it makes our investments a little bit safer than traditional real estate. On the other hand, it, it, it forces us again to charge a bit of a higher rate. Right. If we could go get leverage at six percent. We could charge 9% and we'd make a healthy spread. But given the way we're set up, 
you know, again, our cost of capital to our investors and the very limited debt that we've been able to get, um, it's sort of, it's sort of, it is what it is. Like, you know, you mentioned someone just got debt at eight and a half percent. That's, you know, that's, that's hard to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, to be fair, it's Cresco. It's, right. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not like yeah. most companies out there are getting those rates. Right. You know, and does do either of the two federal occurrences that we're looking at right now, safer or rescheduling, affect debt rates, or are those separate? I think, I think they both have an impact. Um, I think personally, I think safer would have a more direct impact. Um, it, it obviously de- deals with banking. I, I, my my reading is that it's more geared towards safety and having banks as depositories, but it would certainly open up more banks being willing to lend money to the industry, which would bring rates down. Um, so I think, I think that much is for sure. Um, descheduling or rescheduling on the other hand is, I think it's, it's a similar thing. Like, yes, it will make some more institutions willing to invest in the space. Again, it's like the more capital that comes to the space, the lower the rates get. That's a very simple principle. Um, I think rescheduling is, is, is almost better from, from where the lender sits just because it's like, okay, now it's going to really help the health of the companies, companies that go from barely breaking even or losing money because of the tax code will overnight go to making money. So it's a a real credit enhancement to your tenant or your borrower. Um, but I think it has maybe a less dramatic or, or a slower, you know, impact in terms of cash coming directly to the industry. I actually think that rescheduling would be better for the industry, but it doesn't necessarily mean more cash right away or lower rates. And look, I think I'm still holding out hope that that, that both of these might might come to fruition. So, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, and, and with any industry, right? When you get uh, as the industry matures and more capital comes in, you'll see a compression of rates. And to uh, Kyle's point, we'll see the the money that we're putting out in the marketplace that'll ultimately come down over time. But interesting for the fund, um, and Kyle hit on the leverage aspect, the fund has zero uh, leverage in it. So as rates come down and it's a, our ability to borrow and put a little bit of leverage on the on the portfolio should help stabilize and keep those rates higher for our investors. You know, and, and I want to close it up, you know, since we're talking a lot about rates, um, what about interest rates? How would a potential... You know, if we're in a context where, where many are expecting uh, interest rates continue to rise, to continue to surge, right? Yeah. Okay. I see your face. Maybe. Okay. If you have a different opinion, I want to oh, hear that. Well, but like, I, I, how, how does the interest rate affect uh, both your investors and the people you're financing? I, I make the face because it, it hurts me too on a personal level. And I think you're right. Um I think the reality is, you know, for some of the same reasons I mentioned earlier, it's like if rates stay flat or or go up a little, then absent some of the, you know, legislative reform that we've spoken about, then the rates have to stay the same or maybe go up a little bit. I mean, I, I can't imagine it being different without some of the help, you know, that Elliot and I just spoke about. So, mm-hmm. and, and I think uh, Javier as well. So when you look at the the debt that we have in the portfolio. Um, and then uh, Kyle can speak on the rainbow front. Not all of that is fixed and there are variable rate um, positions as well. So as we see an increase in rates, you know, we want to we want to ensure that the, the borrower is able to meet those interest obligations. But mm-hmm. we've structured it to where uh, the as rates increase, so too will the interest that these borrowers are paying. So 
you know, we you, ultimately you want to you want to protect the fund. Um, you want your operators to be successful and be able to pay you. But we also we don't want to uh, you know we want to be able to capture that higher return for investors as well. All right, gents, we are about to time, but I have one question. I would like to wrap up with something fun. What is your favorite cannabis format? We like some pre-rolls and flour. We chatted with Morgan Paxia. The man loves his vapes. Uh, do you just like a good old edible at the end of the day? Uh, what, what are we doing? What are we, what are we consuming yeah, today? You go first, Chris. This is easy for me. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say it's easier for you. Um, uh, I don't know if I have a favorite format, right? Uh, I'll, I'll deflect on that one and, and let Kyle go through the, uh, through the ringer. <laughs> And this this won't be a popular opinion because you can hardly find it anywhere. But I, I like Moroccan or Lebanese style hash rolled up in a joint with a little tobacco. I like a smooth, mellow high. It's on the smoothie. rise, man. You know, it's on the, the rise. The weed yeah. these days is too strong, even for someone like me. So I, yeah. like, I like something a little smoother like that. Hey, man. You know, I got to tell you, whenever I get a good cannabis seltzer, it's over. It's over. That's it for me. Uh, but, you know, Kyle. We, we gotta. I gotta try some of this. I, I'll be over at your place later. Oh, please. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, Kyle, uh, it's been a pleasure. We're gonna catch up uh, again. You know, I think down the road, uh, once something happens, we gotta keep up with where debt lasts because companies need it. Uh, you know, companies need what you do. So we appreciate yeah. it. Thanks for your time, and we'll talk to you again down the road. We're looking to deploy it. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate Thanks, you guys. Big note. We're looking to deploy. That is something that we rarely <laughs> yes. listen to. Yes. MJ Reit, Rainbow yes. Realty Group, both phenomenal players in the space and uh, been around for a minute. Brian, what is up? Thanks for tuning in. Tony Shore, Bestie with the, the there's nothing that rhymes with Bestie. Bestie with the Resty, Bestie with the, I shouldn't do this on air. It's terrible radio. Uh, all right. I'm here. That was a fun one, man. I, I learned some things talking to Chris and Kyle. But that said, we're not done. We are not. Who's up next, Mr. Elliot Lane? We are bringing on the CFO of Union Chill, Ryan O'Keefe. Let's bring him on over. Welcome, Ryan. Welcome. He was great. Good to see you guys. Really, really enjoying your show. You guys are, you guys are phenomenal. <laughs> Thanks, man. Glad to have you on. Is this a real surname, or did you change it to be more, uh, you know, cannabis friendly? <laughs> no, that's it. Born and bred, Ryan. O'Connor. Born, born to be in the space uh, is what I'll say. Uh, all right, so Ryan Union Chill. Uh, it's a company that I came upon this year, uh, and I've heard a lot about since I since I first heard about Union Chill. But give us a sense. Um, you know, what you're up to, you know, how, how fast you're growing, where you're set and how long you've been around. So yeah, Union Chill is the creation of myself and Laurie McHugh. Um, she was our CEO who, who passed recently, mm -hmm. uh, tragically and unexpectedly, but uh, about two years ago, we've been friends for years and Laurie is, was just a phenomenal spirit. Um, we're doing what we can to keep her legacy alive here. Uh, but she, she had some serious medical issues, uh, throughout her life from rheumatoid arthritis to, to stage four cancer. And she really saw relief um, from, from CBD and, and, and cannabis. And she really believed in the market and its ability to help and, and, and change lives. So about two years ago, we started, we found a location. I don't know if you guys are familiar with Lambertville, New Jersey, but it's um, a Delaware River town. It's about an hour from New York, an hour from, uh, hour oh, north nice. of New York, an hour south of Philly. Nice. Uh, it's, it's a, it's a great fall town. 
uh, right along the river, artisan town. It's a great community, great community theater. Um, and we, we're just hyper-local. Uh, we think globally, but we're hyper-local. And we just want to give the folks around here um, education, employment, and, and access to some, some great cannabis. Mm. I want to come back to the hyper-local part of that. But, mm -hmm. uh, you know, do you find acceptance in these kind of small towns of New Jersey? It, it seems like New Jersey was very, like, municipality, like, focused and driven. Ha has yours steered into the skid there? Yeah, Lambertville has been great. Um, you know, obviously the tax revenue for the town is, is significant, but they've been great partners throughout. Um, you know, the referendum in New Jersey uh, was overwhelmingly supportive in Lambertville. So we, the mayor's been phenomenal. The council's been phenomenal. So no, they, they, they're behind us. And um, the community's behind us. I um, mean, everyone who works for us is, is in the community, um, uh, both their families um, and themselves uh, from both a cannabis standpoint, but then also just as a civic, civic responsibility mm -hmm. standpoint. I, I am very curious on, on this like small town approach, right? And I have two questions for you. One is, what kind of impact sure. have you seen from Union Chill at Lam uh, Lambertville? One, right? And the other one, and for reference, for, for those who no don't know, Lambertville has maybe what, 5,000, 6,000 uh, people living there? Is it a little bit bigger? You know, it's, it's or maybe 10,000? I, um, I mean, yeah, it's a smaller town. I would say you're, 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 you're spot on there. Um, but it's, 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 it's a river town. It's a tourist destination. They bring in God. some phenomenal, um, some phenomenal crowds, uh, you know, all year long, but predominantly in the, in the fall. Lemonville is known as a Halloween town. Oh, um, cool. I mean, you guys really, oh, if you're looking nice. for something, this, this is the place to be for Halloween. It's, it's just the whole community gets out. The decorations are outstanding, and um, hmm. it's. And I grew up in the area. Um, it's it's just a special place to be. I you know I'd love to have you guys out if you're ever in the area. Love to. Um, just just we'll, a fun uh, town. And we'll be in New York in, in about a month for our fintech and digital assets conferences. Maybe we'll have to take a quick trip over. Oh, yeah. um, Please, but, yeah, I'd lo love to yeah, show you. Yeah, like there's, here's my question actually. One is like, what has been the impact to the local economy? And two, I mean, you kind of answered this already with the tourist part, but like. What are the economics of a cannabis company in a very small town, right? It, does it work? Yeah, you know what? It, the nice thing is, and you mentioned before, the municipality pushed back in New Jersey. Um, so Lambertville, we're, we're the only dispensary in the county. Um, and our closest competitors is over, you know, 25 minutes away. Um, and they're mainly the MSOs that have been there. Um, now, they're... They, we, we see it as a community, so we have a great respect for them, but we provide, um, I think, different options for, for our town. So, yeah, we're, we're probably getting on a good weekend, 300 people come through in a single day. Um, you know, we're, we're excited for the numbers. We're excited for the growth. Um, you know, we're, we're four months, I think, last week. Um, and, you know, we're seeing since day one, you know, we're seeing 25 to 35% growth month over month. So, wow. Phenomenal, man. Congrats. Yeah. That's great. And Thank CFO, you. Yeah. CFO would have that number. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, so we got Brian, thank you for this number. Population 4,149 as of 2021 uh, census there. Thank you, Brian. Um, so I, I got a question for you. It's, it's slightly bridging to my next question, but there's a lot of talk on in the LinkedIn cannabis community, um, you know, really about the, the passion for the plant, the culture of the plant, right? So, 
from a retailer's perspective, right? You all are doing this because cannabis uh, brings wellness. It brings relief. It brings a social, a sense of social connection, um, you know, in, in a way that's safer than alcohol uh, and, and safer than others. But when, when looking at the culture of the plant, and then you look at the culture of a 4,100 person town, how do you mesh those? How do you bring those together in um, an outlet and a brick and mortar like Union Chill? You know, I think we're trying to bring education on the on the crop to the to the to the town and and to our guests. You know, a lot of them have a lot of expertise of a certain area, but they might not be familiar with all of the products we offer. So, I think you know, and and whether it's the health benefit, the social benefit, um, you know, I think just bringing in our partners from a vendor standpoint, having them educate and, and, and there's really just such a pride in the product and the crop and, 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 and just getting that feeling of pride and, and taste and to, to the end consumers is what we're about. And I, I think having them taste different, different options, you know, is, is something that brings excitement for them, you know, more excitement from our vendors because there's such great pride in, in what they supply. So I would say, you know, I, I think educating the consumer, uh, the options that they have and, and the uses for it, um, both from a PTSD, from a, um, you know, again, to all the way to social is just key. And, and uh, we've been getting a great response. So uh, it's, it's, it's more of my day to day now with Laurie gone. Um, but she was really our driving force and, and the one we're going to whose legacy we're trying to just keep going here. Absolutely. And then kind of, kind of looking at this from more of a technical sense, right? That culture side is, is really the reason why, but looking in the how, um, you know, I would imagine that type of, of numbers game and, and growth, you know, falls a lot into your, your lane uh, in terms of the economics that Javier was speaking to before. Um, you know, what's next? You know, you're, you're, you're saying 30% growth month over month. Um, you know, what is next for the business when it comes to the growth of Union Chill? Well, I mean, we're always looking at opportunities um, elsewhere within New Jersey with the recent legislation allowing uh, a retailer to, to partner, you know, with a disabled vet or a female owned or minority owned up to 35% at seven locations. It's something we're currently actively pursuing in, in towns such as Atlantic City and Asbury Park. Um, you know, we're partnering with uh, uh, folks in Corning, New York. Um, we had a card application, but with that lawsuit, it kind of, um, <laughs> we're resubmitting, we're resubmitting next week, um, for, for a dispensary where we have site control in Corning, New York. Oh, cool. Um, so, and then we, you know, we look as, as states continue. And as you were talking earlier with the safer and the, and the, the descheduling, um, with the re rescheduling, you know, it, it, it opens up a lot and we can, and we are permitted to vertically integrate. So we're always talking to our vendors about establishing, you know, our own products and our own crops uh, to offer to our clients as well, based upon the knowledge they're getting from us, from, from our current suppliers. So we, we have our, our, we have a great team and, and we're, you know, we're, we're looking at a few areas in state. And then of course, New York is, is what we're um, putting in shortly with site control up in Corning. Nice. No, you've been talking about Laurie quite a bit, and I know for for her one of the the key uh, aspects here related to to corporate social responsibility, community engagement, inclusivity, right? And 
and and she had a few things that a few pillars that were particularly important to her for a company right indigenous land acknowledgement general oh. inclusion empowerment of bipoc and lgbtqi plus communities veterans formerly incarcerated can you tell us a little bit about about that and what initiatives are still in place on on that front what you're doing there and and also what what you're doing to drive uh you know your your team members, your employees to thrive, which I know was another, you know, fundamental uh, aspect for, for Lori. And, and, you know, I, I hope it still is for the company. Yeah, no, I appreciate the question, Javier. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, Lori wanted to create an environment where we paid a, a decent wage. We provided benefits and an opportunity to, to grow with, with, with Union Chill, where, where Union Chill's employees match the community. You know, with aspects from from all all areas. Um, you know, we're kind of excited now. You know, we we continue uh, to be focused and and serious about our corporate responsibility um, with both the indigenous cultures uh, and the LGBTQ. Um, we actually um, are just about to launch, I believe, the first cannabis specific scholarship at Stockton in Laurie's name, uh, which will go um, for those who are having financial hardships and maybe have that social equity or uh, past criminal uh, due to cannabis arcane laws. Um, so we're trying to keep that message and 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 getting to those groups and and the benefit of of the the recent legislation and um, the new opportunities that they face, where you know five mm -hmm. years ago it would have just continued to ruin lives. Mm -hmm. And you know we I know you're building an amazing company uh, that Lori would be proud of, Ryan. So you know I, I think what we've heard today uh is, is proof of that so last but not least you know is there anything about union chill that you know is particularly unique is particularly like you want people to walk out of your store remembering this one item about union chill i, I think it's it just comfort i think when when you step in the door i, I think you feel it right away there's just uh, there's a chill atmosphere and um you know the relationships between our customers and our bud tenders are just amazing um they 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 transcend the store you know where they'll they'll talk beyond about new product uh, new things going on and really it's it's just we're, we're trying to extend the community beyond the store uh based upon the feel of in store the chill the common respect um you know everyone's just trying to get by and you know we all face hard times and if you could just be a little kinder and a little a little more quick to listen and to learn um it just goes a long way for everyone so that's what we're trying to instill and and i think i think if you I, hopefully when you guys come in uh in a month or so when you're up in new york i think i, I i'm hoping you'll feel this as soon as you walk in because it really is a welcoming open space and one where we just hope everyone feels safe and comfortable to figure out you know what's next well i can i I can attest to to you being the chillest CFO I've spoken to. <laughs> so, I mean, you're you're definitely taking your own medicine. It seems. Yeah, uh, that's a good thing that. from Javi. Yeah. Five. <laughs> hey, you know, Ryan, I do have one more question. What is the town's favorite product at your store? Uh, I, I definitely um, flour is the most consumed item. Um, we're excited about getting some new some new uh, glassware in to to 
to utilize with your your favorite flower. Um, and then after that, you know, vapes are probably second best. But um, fl flower is still our number one, our old school. It's 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 uh, it, it's it's something I, I I look forward to showing off to you guys soon. Hey, do it the old school way, absolutely, Ryan. Yeah, really appreciate your time, you being with uh, with you us both. today. You know, look forward to continuing following your story and the growth of Union Chill, and we'll definitely be there soon. Uh, but Ryan, thank, thank you so you, much you, for joining us today. You you guys are fantastic. I love you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ryan. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Uh, what, a, what a cool CF. Uh, you're right about that, Javi. We've interviewed some CFOs on our show, and I think they need to, to go to Ryan's Ryan Keep School. To be fair, to be fair, Benzinga CFO Robert, who has very Brazilian cool roots, is also very chill. Well, I think Robert would probably go to Union Chill in heartbeat. <laughs> we don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know at all assumption. I think I think he'd be okay with us saying though. But all that said, thank you, Javi, for being awesome as always. Thank you, Brian, Liliana, Tony, and the, the chat. Appreciate you guys tuning in. We'll be back on Tuesday uh, for another round of great interviews by Morgan Morgan Paxia back with us from Poseidon. Uh, we'll about call him Morgan Poseidon. I was one hundred percent about to call him Morgan Poseidon. One hundred percent. You uh, you caught me there. Uh, all right, all, thank you. And, and, and like Emily Midas. <laughs> Trust the Midas touch. Um, all right, Javi, Aaron, Malia, thank you all backstage for all your help. Thank you for being on here, Javi. And thanks to our guests, Ryan, Chris, and Kyle. We'll see you guys again Tuesday. Have a phenomenal rest of your week. Boom. Peace. Bye.